Say good morning, everyone. Good morning. morning, morning. I'm going to get you guys to work in a little bit. I hope that's okay. Uh, before I do, uh, I, I just want to say I feel qualified to teach on perseverance in sharing the good news. And the reason is this. On Thursday, I was teaching at Cliff College, which is a, like a Methodist training college. And I was teaching a load of church leaders who were studying for an MA. And I'm just standing up and I'm teaching a, a room full of church leaders, vicars, Baptist leaders, a real mixed bunch of people. And I'm like just about to tell them when I did my MA. And I stand there and I go, oh, hang on a minute, that was 25 years ago. And I feel incredibly old and incredibly like, 25 years? No, it can't be 25 years. So I, I'm standing there kind of working it out. And yet it's 25 years. And for 25 years, I have persevered in sharing the good news of Jesus. And I am excited to share with you some encouragements this morning. We're going to do an exercise together. Believe it or not, Martin and I, Martin's up uh, sitting up in the balcony. Martin and I are in the middle of uh, a residential. So uh, as part of the Light College, uh, we started on Friday. Wow, you had a lot of lectures yesterday, Martin, and it's amazing you are awake. <laughs> you, you had some lectures with Seidel, who, uh, I think you were Seidel, weren't you, looking at Christian theology and mission and all our different lecture groups were going on. We had our pioneer chaplains doing stuff. We had people doing introduction to biblical studies. Another group looking at John's gospel and how to let others know something of John's gospel. And so we're in the middle of this, this lecture block. So I feel like I need to be a bit lectury. Is that okay? And, and kind of get you to do something uh, and participate in this preach. So Adrian, if, if you could make sure everyone has a bit of paper... That'll be wonderful. You guys will need one. And if you need a pen, I can gently chuck you a pen. I'll try not to, I'll try not to, to get you. Oh, nearly. Anyone else need a pen? You've got a pen on the pew. If you need a pen. There we go. Here's a pen. Oh, there we go. Oh, nearly. <laughs> Another pen. Oh, sorry. I think I should pass them out. I, I'm not doing very well at throwing pens. You've got a pen, few. <laughs> I won't check a pen. So you need a pen and a bit of paper. And then once you've got a pen and a bit of paper, I'm going to ask you to do something. I would like you to rip your bit of paper in half. It doesn't have to be precise. On one half, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to write your top three what's so good about being a Christian your top three things of what's so good about being a Christian your top three I'm only going to give you 30 seconds so you have to be quite quick here <laughs> your top three what's so good about being a Christian Got ten seconds. Five, 
Got ten seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Let's hear what have you put? What do your neighbours need? They need the gospel. Thanks, Alex. Yes. They need comfort. They need comfort. They need love. Yeah. They need peace. They need joy. Security. Oh, I've put purpose. They need purpose. They need forgiveness. Yeah. Say again. Oh, lovely. So they need to know that there is a plan for their life. Yeah. Any more? A helping hand. That's wonderful. Thank you. And from the balcony? Hey, that's fantastic. Wonderful. Oh, that's so good. We have someone to rely on no matter what. Any more? Okay, what I want you to do is take your two pieces of paper. And we're going to do a bit of a prayer. What you've got and what people need, what I'd like you to do is this. This is the prayer. I'd like you to do this. Ready? Quite an ancient prayer, by the way. 
Here we go. Here's the prayer. What you've got, what people need, I want you to do this. A tight ball, as tight as you can. And I want you to put that in your pocket. So this morning, we're looking at bridging the gap between what we've got and what people need. Because for 25 years, I've been training people to let others in on what they've got because they don't realise that it's good. God spoke to me in a harvester. Forgive me if you've heard this story before. You've heard it too many times. But I was having breakfast with some friends. And as I'm having breakfast with some friends, I'm on my seventh course. It was one of these buffets. You know, at home I have toast or I might have cereal. Well, I'd already had the toast and cereal and I was on the eggs. And, uh, and I'm looking around and there are two young ladies walk in and I look at one of them and there is a name of a man that I feel God speak to me for that person. I can't describe it other than I feel God speaking, okay? I didn't hear an audible voice, but I heard a name for one of those young women. The next thought I had was, how do I go and tell that young woman that name? Because I imagine myself going up to them going, hi, I've got someone's name on my heart for you. It sounded like that. I just thought, I can't do that. That's going to sound so dodgy. It's going to be, it's going to sound like I'm trying to like chat up line. And I was just trying to think. And then I made a mistake. I told my friends. And my friends said, Chris, you, you're going to have to go and tell that name that you've got. So when they'd finished their breakfast and they're paying their bill, I go up to the bar and I go, excuse me, so sorry to disturb you. I'm a Baptist minister. It's a bit like being a vicar, I said. And I've got someone's name on, on my heart for you. And they looked at me and one of them went, you what? I'm like, yeah, it's a little bit strange. You know, like when you pray, they go, no. I'm like, okay, um, well, I believe like when I pray, I talk to God, right? And God, he talks to me and he's given me a name for you. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah. And I'm thinking, I hope this is going to make sense. She goes, go on then, go on. I go, right, the name is Michael. She went, <gasps> how did you know? I was like, how did I know what? She goes, how did you know that name? You see, the last time I was in here, I was with my dad and he's died. His name was Michael. I miss him so much. And she pours out her heart about her dad. And she says, how did you know that? So I explain again. I say, you know, like God, he's real. It's true. God loves to talk to us. And he's told me that your dad's name so you'll know that he loves you and he's with you and her friend leans on the bar and she goes you know what we need to get down that psychic fair I said no no you don't you really don't I'm not psychic and I explain again how I believe that God knows her inside and out he loves her he's told me this name so that she could know it and she starts to cry and I give her a hug and I say listen you need to know this is real God is real and he loves you she said thank you so much for that I haven't heard that before and I go and join my friends and after five minutes the waitress comes up to me she goes excuse me I'm like you right love she goes you made that young woman cry I go yeah yeah um did she tell you why she goes yeah and she rolled up her sleeves like this she goes I've got goosebumps all over me. What's, what's going on? Would, would you pray for me? 
I said, yeah, I'd love to pray for you. What's that? And she pours out her heart about her kids and her grandkids. And my goodness, they've had troubles. And before I could pray for the waitress in the harvester, she speaks some words and it feels like God has spoken. She says to me, you know what? People like us need people like you. People like us need people like you. And God spoke to my heart. And that waitress and the words that she spoke to me many years ago now have given me perseverance to keep on doing what I do. And I want to encourage you as we look at scripture this morning that people desperately need what you've got. You might not feel it, by the way. You might feel hopeless, but you have hope. You might feel empty, but you have Jesus living in you. You might feel that you're unloved, but you are loved. And regardless of how you feel this morning or how terrified you feel about telling someone else the good news of the Lord Jesus, I want you to remember people desperately need what you've got. So let's open up the scripture. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 1 and we're going to read some verses from uh, verse 3 down to verse 11. And I'm going to draw out four encouragements that will keep us persevering, keep us going, even when we don't feel like it. Keep us sharing, even if we're not sure about how it's going to be received. So from verse 3 down to verse 11, and uh, I think the words will be on the screen. I thank my God every time I remember you, Paul writes to the church in Philippi. How does he do that? Well, in my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And it is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. And whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. He loves this church. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. What a letter, what a prayer. Paul's perseverance gives me encouragement. Last week, taking a taxi to the station, 
I try not to take taxi to the station because it's now £17.50. So I'm like, oh, that's a lot of money. And I want to be a wise steward with the money. Okay, it might be for the college or whatever, but it's £17.50, right? But I needed to get the train. So from Great Bransden to St Neots, taxi driver turns up. I sit next to him and straight away I feel God speak and my heart is racing because I know I need to ask him a question. So we're in the car and ask him a question and I say, hey, um, I need to ask you something. Is that all right? He goes, yeah, go on then. He said, do you like have dreams for the future? He goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he tells me about all his dreams for the future, for the businesses that he wants to do. And, and then he asked me, why do you ask that? I said, oh, I really believe God wants you to do what you're dreaming. He goes, serious? How do you know that? So I explain about being a follower of Jesus. We get to the uh, station. He writes me out a receipt, £17.50. I put it in my wallet and I've got a tenner in my wallet. I've paid by card, but I've got a tenner in my wallet. And I think, great, get a nice cup of tea later. Get something nice on the train. But then I think, no, th this is for my new mate, Edmund, taxi driver. So I go, mate, this is for you. He goes, I can't take that. And you can see he's a bit embarrassed because of the taxi fare, so expensive. But no, no, this is for you. This is a symbol of the dream that you've got, that God is going to help you do that, right? And he takes it, he goes, you know what? I'm not going to spend this. I'm going to keep this as a reminder. What a prayer. <laughs> and he, he puts it away preciously as a reminder that, that God does want to speak uh, and help him and that God loves him. <laughs> Paul encourages us, and through the word of God, we can see four encouragements, uh, and these are the encouragements. The first one's this, we're in this together. The second is he makes us able. The third is we have the big picture. Fourthly, the sharing. When we share, we abound. So let me take you through these four encouragements. Paul writes this, because of your partnership in the, did you pick it up? Your partnership in the gospel. He's talking to a church, church of all kinds of people, right? He's not just writing this for the church leaders. This is for the church. So like he's talking to a group like us and he's writing Partnership in the gospel. He's not saying, oh, the church leader, Frank, who leads the church in Philippi. I'm not sure if that was his name, by the way, you know, whoever it was. It's all of you. If we want perseverance in sharing the gospel, we need to know that we're in this together. I don't know if you spotted, Adrian made a couple of mistakes this morning. He said there were cards in the pulpits. Did you notice? He said it a couple of times. I thought... God was speaking because here we are in the pews and Adrian's saying pulpits and here we are sitting in the pulpits. You see, it's not just Adrian, it's all of us. It's not just me, it's all of us. We are all called to be in the pulpit wherever we are in the shops 
at the school gate at our work, we're all called to bring the good news of the Lord Jesus. We are all in this together. Paul prays with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. There is no other plan. You see, if no one else lets your neighbours in on what it means to follow Jesus, no one else will. No one else is going to tell your work colleagues it's down to you. No one else is going to tell your family members it's, it's you. We can't rely on one or two. We can't rely on those that lead us, the deacons, the leaders of Gambling Gay Baptist Church, to let our friends in on what we've got. That's your, that's yours. There's a beautiful fable. It's not a true story, okay, so it's not in the Bible, but it's a fable. It helps me get this. Uh, when Jesus returns victorious from conquering sin and death, and he is ascended into heaven, the angels gather round and they are partying and they're cheering and they're congratulating and they're like, yes, you've conquered sin, you've conquered death, you've made a way for everyone to come to know the living God and some of the angels are dancing and jumping and then one of the braver angels steps forward and he says, right, Jesus, how many millions of us do you want to send so that your plan of salvation can be shared in this world? And Jesus says, how many? None. Some of the angels have put on their shoes already. And they're like, none? Well, I thought I was going, none? How, how's the world going to know about salvation and Jesus conquering sin and death and bringing eternal life to everyone? So another brave angel says, none. So what's the plan? The plan, says Jesus, is that I've left 12 people to do that job. People, say the angels, people, but they're so weak. They're going to mess up how they're going to do the job. All right, all right, Jesus, what is plan B? And Jesus says, there is no plan B. It's just them. You and I are here because someone told someone, he told someone, <laughs> It's on someone and the generations. And here we are, part of the body of Christ here in Gambling Gay Baptist Church because someone knew what they had and that others needed it. I want that cheeky confidence to be able to say, you need what I've got because what I've got is good. Would you dare to have that cheeky confidence? to say, yeah, there is no plan B, it's me. We're in this together, we're, we're partners. I'm so grateful to join Gambling Gay Baptist Church and be part of your family. But as an evangelist, I want to be able to tell you that I'm not gonna be doing the evangelism. Okay, I love painting on third Sundays and letting others in and sharing and praying for people. And I love that, but my job as an evangelist within part of this body of Christ is to help you to do evangelism. And those of you who have been stuck 
for years. And you're thinking, I can't do that. Well, I believe you can. Because here is a second encouragement, encouragement from Paul. He makes us able. Being confident of this, says Paul, verse 6. That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He's not going to stop. He makes you able. He makes you able to do this. Too many of us have thought that it's down to you and me. It's not. He does it. He creates in us the ability to do the good news sharing, right? Bear with me. His first friends, Mark 1, he calls them. And he calls them like this. Come, follow me. Calls them by name. Come, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Some versions of the Bible render it like this. I will teach you to fish for people. But the true text is the making. In other words, he makes in us the ability and the heart so that we can fish for people. When Jesus makes stuff, it's good. Do you know that? When Jesus makes stuff, it's big. Through him all things were made. We can read in John 1, Hebrews 1, Colossians 1, that he is the one that all things have been made through. He is the image of the invisible God and by through him all things were made. When he makes, and he wants to make in you the ability to do this. Doesn't want you to think, oh, if I have to. No, he wants to make you. Perhaps the most famous verse on evangelism in the Bible is 1 Peter 3.15. Who knows it? Anyone? I heard some mumblings. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's n no, 1 Peter 3.15. It's, it's not that one, but hey, well done. Anyone else? So it's always be prepared to give the reason for the hope that you have. That's the middle bit of the verse. The beginning bit of the verse is about our hearts. And the end bit of the verse is about our heart attitude. And Jesus wants to make in us the ability to let others in on what we've got. So the first bit of the verse says this, set apart Christ Jesus as Lord. And always be prepared to give the reason for the hope that you've got. And the last bit says, and do that with gentleness and respect. That verse speaks to me about the intense desire for my very core, my heart, to be in submission to Jesus. That he's the only one who is worthy of me saying, here, have my life. And he wants to make in us, through us being able to say, okay, I'll submit to you. And okay, I'm going to do that with gentleness, with respect, with love for those around me. So we're in this together. He makes 
in us the ability. Thirdly, hold on to this big encouragement because we have the big picture. Jesus uh, is coming again, right? Coming again to rule, to reign, to bring heaven to earth. He's coming to create and bring newness as, as it should be. <laughs> and Paul says to the church in Philippi that that working in us is going to be, until, it will keep on going until the day of Christ Jesus. And then he ends the, that wonderful prayer and encouragement by saying, I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And he goes on to say that, um, that we will be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. We need that big picture that this is all about Jesus. This is all about his reign and it's all about him coming back again. And we need to hold on to that big picture that Jesus is coming again and that every knee will bow and our task is to ensure that as many people as human as as possible through our endeavors all that we're able to do can come to follow Jesus there's an eternity and we do not want to see people in an eternity without heaven we've got the big picture this life isn't it Jesus is coming back again. Hold on to that. So when your heart's thumping, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to go and offer him to pray for my neighbour. Remember that this has eternal consequences. This isn't just about, oh, I might feel a bit embarrassed. This is about, will they know Jesus for eternity or not? Will they be separated from him for eternity or will they bow the knee and declare that he is Lord. So we need that big picture. You know, God does not want anyone to perish, but people to come to know him. When my son, who uh, is now 20, and he's, he's very tall, <laughs> and... Uh, but when he was a little boy, he really didn't want to go in the pram. Like, he loved to walk and run. But if we were getting a bus, and it was like, oh, we've only got a few minutes, I would need to put him in the pram. But he didn't want that. So he would say no. In fact, he would go, no, 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 no. He didn't want to go in the pram. So when scripture reveals to us that God does not want, it's not like, oh, that'd be very nice. Yes. Oh, yeah, it'd be okay if people didn't perish. It's a wanting, it's an emotive, it's a longing, it's a crying out, it's a no, 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 no. I do not want people to perish. We need that big picture this is eternal life people need to know and have what we have 
So when you're feeling a bit awkward and a bit, how can I? Remember that. He does not want. We've got the big picture. Jesus is coming back again. The fourth encouragement is this, is when we share, we abound. Paul prays that our love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth and insight. The greatest way that I've learned to abound is to give away what I've got. When I give away what I've got, I receive more. When I share what I have, I need to learn more, <laughs> rely more. Because I, I can't do this. I have to, the time, you know, people think, oh, it's all right for you. What do you mean it's all right for, for me? Look at you, you're all confident and you can go up to anyone. Really? You think that? Great. Tell that to my heart. When my heart's racing and I'm feeling like an idiot. That's what's going on. But I dare to be obedient, to persevere with bringing the good news. And when I do it, when I actually do it, and I'm not just talking about the idea of doing it, when I actually let someone know what I've got, wow, his love abounds. I co-lead uh, the college with an Anglican priest called Glyn. He's a dear friend. Love him. We love teaching together, leading together. And he created a course uh, when he first started working with me, which encouraged people who were not followers of Jesus to come and learn what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. And what they did was they would study the Bible together. They'd learn how to pray. They'd go and visit a monastery and they would do evangelism together. And it was in the doing of evangelism together, the sharing of the good news of Jesus, that it was at that point that people came to know Jesus. So you'd get scenarios where there'd be a car boot sale and they, they would gather a load of things to give away because they wanted to show what grace is like. So they gathered a load of things. They're at the car boot sale. People come, in, come around and go, oh, how much for the, uh, the old iPod there, buddy? And they go, oh, right, how much for that? Oh, for you, that's nothing. Nothing? What do you mean? Yeah, yeah, what we want to do is we're trying to like, like show something of the Christian faith. I'm on this course and I want to show like what, what Jesus has done. And uh, it caused quite an uproar because you don't do that at a car boot sale. You can't give stuff away. Like, no, no, we'll have to give you something for it. No, no, we want to show you grace. Some people were bold enough to take uh, the silver and the, and the, the wonderful knickknacks. But one family gathered around and the dad was so cross. He said, this is absurd. And the daughter said, no, wait, dad, wait. No, hang on. They're trying to show what grace is. A gift that you can only freely receive. When we do this stuff, we grow. 
I wonder, when is the last time that you've introduced someone to your best friend, your master, your king, the Lord Jesus? When's the last time you've said to someone, can I, can I just tell you a little bit about what I believe? I can tell you what I did over the weekend. I went to church. And to the last time he said, hey, it's so good what I've got. Can I tell you that God loves you? Because I guarantee when you share, you will grow and you will abound. That abounding love that Paul encourages the church in Philippi to connect with, to know. That's his prayer for them. Doing evangelism helps me fall in love with Jesus. And as I fall in love with Jesus, I want to do evangelism. So when I do evangelism, I fall in love with Jesus, which makes me want to do evangelism. And when I do evangelism, and it's a beautiful circle. By the way, I've yet to meet a follower of Jesus who absolutely loves him, who can't do this. And I, I see you before me. If we love Jesus, it flows. It flows. So let me remind you of these four encouragements from the word. We're in this together. It's not you, buddy. It's not me. It's together. He makes us able we have the big picture and when we share his love abounds let's pray come holy spirit come and encourage us keep us persevering in sharing the good news of the Lord Jesus. Help us to know that people need what we've got. Lord, that rolled up bit of paper in our pocket or sitting next to us in the pulpit, the pew. Would you help us to be people who persevere? Lord Jesus, May we introduce someone this week to you. May we know that people need what we have. In Jesus' name, amen.